Lord. And I can come into your presence, God, with thanksgiving, Lord. I can enter your courts with praise, O oh God. I can be thankful, Lord, and bless your name, God. For day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in tabernacle of wickedness. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Hungry, turn me down a little bit, please. I thank you, Jesus, right now, Lord. I thank you for your presence. What a great opportunity. Children are dismissed. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. We want to get right into the Word of God. It's good to see everybody in in the house tonight. Hallelujah to the King of kings. Hallelujah to the Lord of lords. Amen. Well, we want to get into the Word. Amen. And we are coming out of Ephesians chapter 6. Talking about Christian soldiers in preparation for battle. Amen. Are you ready to go to war? You better get there. (laughs) It's coming. Amen. Amen. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the ruler of the darkness of this world. So we are cautioned by the Lord to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. God wants you to be able to stand. When you've done all you can do to stand, He says stand. Amen. And so we are talking about in preparation. And that's what it's all about is preparing ourselves. Everything we go through in the church is preparing us for things that will come. That's why... Church is so important. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. You should practice and purpose in your heart to be at every training session. <laughs> and you know, and I, I know sometimes our work schedules may prevent us, but when the opportunity presents itself, we should uh, uh, do as much as we can to be in the house of God and, and to build up ourselves on our most holy faith. You know, we got to stay focused in these last days. Amen. Uh, there's, you know, in the, in the, let me give you quick four ways you can stay focused. Number one, pray. Your prayer life should be refreshed every morning. You know, Jesus got up every day because he knew there was going to, he was going to face stop. You know, so you need to have a, a constant fresh prayer life. Number two, you need to read the Word of God every day. Every day you need to read the Word of God. They read the Word of God every day. Number three, you need to read books, look at tapes, or whatever that is going to edify you and build you up. Okay? And then number four is you need to be honest. You need to be honest with yourself. You need to be honest with God. You need to be honest with others. Amen. You need to be honest. Now is the time is not to fall into the trap of deceitfulness and lying. You need to be honest. You do those four things, you will stay focused, amen, on your calling and what God is asking you to do. Amen. So we're talking about preparing for battle. Now, last week we got in to talk a little bit about doctrine. Amen. And we know in Ephesians 4 and 11, Paul tells us that God gave some apostles. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for what? The perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the fold and the statues of Christ, there would be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. 
There's all kinds of winds of doctrine that is coming. There's all kinds of things that's blowing out there now. Amen. And, and a lot of people are, are, are falling into these traps. Paul told the church at Colossi, amen, Colossi rather, in Second two, chapter 2, verse 8, he says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is head of all principalities and powers. Amen. You, you got to be aware. And so part of preparing for battle is to know your enemy. You, you've got to know who you're going to fight. I'm not your enemy. As you, we hear Brother Miller say that every Sunday morning in here. I'm not your enemy. You know, uh, the enemy is that that guy, the, uh, that thing that we call Satan and his demonic force that is trying to come against you, destroy you, you know, uh, the deceiver of the brethren, you see. So we got to realize how we can defeat him. Amen. You know, and and we read the scripture, they overcame him by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Amen. We got to stay under the blood. Amen. The more sweat and peace, the less blood in combat. Amen. So we got to stay focused here. So using the appropriate doctrine. Now when we talk about using the appropriate doctrine, again we're talking about the Word of God, the Bible. Amen. You, you've got to study the Word of God. You know, if you look at our vision here, you know, that we, that God has given for this church, okay, the purpose we know is the purpose is Colossians 1.10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing men, fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And the purpose of the church is to be a church of divine, divine leadership and spiritual growth, what? For all. Say, and so when you couple those two together, it's all talk, it's about making disciples. That's, that's what Jesus wanted, is He wants us to become the disciples. And so we've got to train, we've got to prepare ourselves. So using the appropriate doctrine. The Bible is every soldier's doctrinal manual. Amen. And, and every, every, you know, in a natural military, every, <clears throat> excuse me, Thing that they do, they have doctrine that you have to adhere to the doctrine. They inspect because they want to make sure you're in compliance with the doctrine and you're, you're teaching the doctrine, you're living the doctrine, you're walking the doctrine. You know, that's why, yeah, like I said, you come across most people that's been in the military, they know every time they hear the national anthem, they stand at attention because that's part of the military's doctrine that they have bred it in them. Amen. You know, and last month we was talking about dress and appearance, and we was talking about it was a sign of discipline. How you dress, how you act, it was all part of the discipline. Well, all that is taught out of doctrine, you know, as well. And so the Bible is key and essential, okay? And so last week we was talking about a little bit of the doctrine here. And I want to get into uh, a little bit of it here right now. You know, one of the things that you know that Jesus in Matthew 28 and also in Mark 16, He told His disciples, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And so what He commanded them is what they taught. And so this is why doctrine is so important. If you look at 1 Timothy 1, three, 
Look at what Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.3. He says, as I wanted you to stay in Ephesus, what? When I went into Macedonia, that thou mightst charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Amen. In other words, I wanted you to stay there because I have already taught you the truth. And so I want you to teach the same thing. Alright? Now go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Okay? 2 Timothy chapter 3. No, I don't want to go to verse 1. You there? Everybody there? Okay. Verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience, my persecution, affliction, which came up to me at Antioch, at Cordum, and Lystra, and Persia. What persecution? I endure, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil seducers, men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Notice, continue in the things which you've learned. Okay? You know the truth now is what he is saying. If you got baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, stay with it. If you believe in holiness, godly life, stay with it. If you believe in uh, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of the Lord give the utterance, stay with it. Yeah, because those are biblical principles that Jesus taught and the disciples and the apostles taught. And this is what Paul is trying to get us to see here. Amen. The things which you have learned and been known and taught... Amen. Stay with those things, but continue in those things, knowing of whom you've learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished to all good work. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instance in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. doctrine. <laughs> Amen. Exalt. Build up through the teachings of Jesus Christ. This is why when Paul came down to Ephesus, they said to Macedonia, excuse me, they said, if you have any words of exhortation, say on. See, you can edify, you can build up the body of Christ with the doctrine. Amen. All doctrine is, is doing is teaching you how to do your job and how to be successful. And, and, and when you know what you're doing, you're more excited. You okay? You, you know how to, when you know what you're doing, you know how to respond in situations and circumstances that comes against you. Right. Amen. You come across a certain act or whatever, you know how to deal with it. 
Okay, and so this is why the doctrine is so important. And so Paul told him here, amen, to exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. <laughs> amen. And we're there now. They're not endured sound doctrine, but they're heaping to them their lust. Amen. Teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away from the truth unto fables. But watch thou in all things to do afflictions. Amen. Part of preparing for battle is learning how to endure afflictions. Learning how to endure things that comes against you. Learning not to throw in the towel. Amen. Learning how to to stand. You know, when I was a drill instructor, I used to make soldiers cry like a baby. Grown men. I do. I, I did. Yeah. I mean, I put them through so much that they just break down. And then guess what I do? You build them back up. See? A lot of times people don't like for you to tell them what not to do in the church. Say they don't realize if you don't, if you're rebellious, you ain't gonna make it because the enemy will use that against you every time. Say so you've got to prepare yourself. You've got to be prepared, and that's what we would do as drill instructors. I mean, I would break them down and just make them cry, you know, and and build them back up as a team. Learning how to build and edify one another and work together. And I would come into the barracks. They could have their stuff looking pretty and nice and looking good. And I'd tear every bit of it up. They'd been up all night, Sister Sonia, rolling their T-shirts and underwears and shining their shoes and getting their lockers just right. I mean, it looked good. You know what? I just throw it all out the window. Everything, you know. Yeah, I throw boots and stuff out the window, foot lockers out the window. I, you know, and they stand out in formation and, and you see tears just running down their eyes. Because they know they had to go get it and do it all over again. You know, and so finally what you find you're looking for, they start working together. See, they started looking at each other and helping each other and doing stuff together and you know, because you have guys and gals that come from different parts of a lot work for life, and they think they're better than everybody else and everything else. So you break them all down together, and then you build them all back up, and then they learn to walk as a team and work as a team. You know, and so in the church, notice what 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 Paul is trying to get us to see here. You know, is how to continue in the things which you've learned, because there are going to be times that you're not going to be inside this building. There's going to be times in your life that you're going to be the only one out there sometimes, and the enemies are going to be around you, and you're going to feel like all hell is breaking loose and closing in on you, and you're going to have to know how to stand for righteousness. You're going to have to know how what the Word of God says. You're going to have to have the faith to believe that God is standing right there with you when you're going through these things and, and that you're facing. And so doctrine is very important to us uh, in our teachings and in, in our ways of life as Christians. And so part of the part of the, you know, excuse me. So part of preparing for the battle is to know the doctrine. Okay. Let me see how smart are you here. All right. First Timothy 3.16. Anybody, go for it. Basic scripture. 
Okay? And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, saint of angels, priest of the Gentiles. Okay? All right, all right, all right. All right, let's try this again. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Let's try this again. <laughs> Amen. Acts 2, 42. Okay. Acts 2, 41. <laughs> Just go up one verse. <laughs> and they gladly was and <laughs> Hi. okay. And three thousand as a church. Okay. Let's let's move on. John three sixteen. Mark sixteen, fifteen through eighteen. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Appropriate doctrine, right? Hebrews twelve fourteen. Be ye, <laughs> be ye holy for. Okay, no, 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 no. See, okay, come on. Hebrews twelve fourteen. Follow peace with all men and holiness without shame. No man see the First Peter one sixteen. I just quoted a few minutes. I just quoted a few minutes ago. Be ye okay, good, 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 okay <laughs> okay, so so that's just revelation four eleven and they all cast their crowns before the Lord God. Receive glory, honor, and power for thou hast created all things for thy pledge they are and they weren't created. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Amen. But the appropriate doctrine, amen, is the basics of the word of God that Jesus and his disciples taught that we need to learn. We need to hide the word of God in our hearts so that we do not sin against the Lord. And so that we have the doctrine and teaching that we need. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions and righteousness that the man of God should be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And we're about the good works. So what do we believe? The Bible is the inspired word of God, the infallible word of God. All scripture is inspired by God. The Bible is the only God-given authority which man possessed. Therefore, all doctrine, all faith, all hope, and all instructions for the church must be based upon and harmonized with the Bible. Amen. 
It all must be harmonizing with the Bible. It is to be read and studied by all men everywhere and can only be clearly understood by those who are anointed by the Holy Ghost. The Spirit will lead and guide us to all truth. No prophecy of the Scripture is any private interpretation, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And you remember last week I, I told you that when they asked Kim Davis in Kentucky, By where did she get her authority? She quoted this passage of Scripture that the Bible, I got my authority from God, is what she says. Because the Bible is the only God-given authority which man possessed thereby all doctrine, all faith, all hope, amen, is in that. Praise God. And so we got to know the doctrine because it is exactly what will save us. And if we don't know the doctrine, then you can be led astray by every wind of doctrine. You know, that's why a lot of people find themselves not being stable. They are tossed and driven by everything that comes along. You have got to be led by the Spirit of God. Jesus says, my children or my sheep know my voice, and I am known of them. You, you, I, I can't stress this enough. You've got to, to spend time with the Lord. You, you've got to pray. You've got to read the Word of God. It, this is key and essential uh, to every child of God because if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, you need that, that focus now in this. Amen. So what is the fundamental doctrine of the United Pentecostal Church International? Every magazine that comes out that you get, the Pentecostal Herald, the Forward, the, the ladies' magazines, you hear this all the time. If you're going to be a part of something, you need to know what the doctrine of the organization is you're a part of. So the basic fundamental doctrine of the United Pentecostal Church International, if anybody ever asks you what you believe, amen, the basic fundamental doctrine of this organization shall be the Bible standard of full salvation, which is repentance, baptism in water by immersion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the initial sign of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit give utterance. We shall endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit until we all come into the unity of the faith and at the same time admonishing all brethren that they should not contend, shall not contend for their own different views to the disunity of the body. Amen. Ephesians 4. Amen. There is talking about that. So the basic fundamental doctrine is basically Acts 2.38 and Ephesians 4. Amen. And so that's what it's all about. Yes. Amen. Praise God. So... So if anybody ever asks you, you know, you, you know what it's all about. And, and you know, there's so much stuff that you can, you can read now, uh, get online, but you have to still be cautious with a lot of that stuff. You know, you, you have to make sure that it aligns with the Word of God. And this is important as you prepare for battle, because if you get into some stuff that you think might be right, or you Think, you know, uh, it's, is, is right. It could be totally wrong. You know, Jesus cautioned his disciples upon the doctrine of the Sadducees, the doctors of the Pharisees, and the doctrine of Herod, right? And I think I'd, I'd explain this to you. The doctors of the Pharisees, the Pharisees, they was fair, you see, because they did believe in angels in the resurrection. 
Okay? And the Pharisees, but they still was prideful. You know, they was very, very prideful uh, people. You know, and uh, so you, you, you know, so you have to be aware of that. Then you had the Sadducees. They were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in either. <laughs> but the Sadducees was part of the elite. You know, they was the guys that was out of the priesthood that, you know, if it wasn't Moses didn't write it, you know, it, it wasn't happening. See, and so they again they they was prideful. They had a lot of pride. They had a lot of they the elite what they you know status in life you know, uh, and and they was the ones that walked around with the long robes and that Jesus cautioned uh, about you know, and so that that elite crew. So the Sadducees, and then the doctrine of Herod, Amen, was uh, doctrine of self. It was all about themselves, you know. And you remember Herod, you know, Herod had all the babies killed, you know. He was afraid somebody was going to take his position and all that. And so Jesus cautioned, he even called him a fox, you know, sly, wicked. So so there's different doctrines out there. So you need to be aware of those, amen, so that you are training according to the appropriate doctrine for your life. And so we know that Jesus went about for three and a half years teaching his disciples, amen, what he wanted them to carry on. Amen. And so he imparted to them and now we are imparting to you as well. Amen. Number two on your paper, training to challenge. Training to challenge. Amen. And preparing for battle requires training that is challenging. From the youngest to the oldest, we must be challenged to do more. Amen. We must be challenged to do more. We must not become comfortable and complacent where we are. Jesus says, let me change my paper here. The thief come not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. So if the enemy finds you are complacent and you're not doing anything, he's going to take you out. He's going to take you out. That's why the Bible says, let him that think he stand, take heed, lest he fall. You need to be preparing every day, amen, for what might comes ahead. You know, Job prepared before his circumstances ever happened. That's why I say Job is one of those books that I think every Christian should know from from what went happened and what transpired. You you know, Job is just a book of encouragement to me. You know, and because it starts out telling us a little bit about Job, his life, what he was, who he was, but then he noticed that immediately it lets us know that Job will be every day sacrificing for his children because Job said maybe my Kids are sinning against God. You know, so Job did things which was in what he was what? In his right mind. I'm here to tell you, when the war hits, if you don't know how to respond in battle, you're going to lose. On the battlefield is is no training. (laughs) You know, if you don't know it before you get there, you're going to be shocked. I found a lot of soldiers when it was time for us to deploy for war, they came to my office, crying, where's the hell? I'm going to die. Oh, I don't want to go. I'm going to die. Yeah, and that was most of the soldiers. One, that when we have a good, having training, went on sick call, faking it, you know, 
or they always found something else they needed to go do, you know, to try to get out of the training because they didn't want to go on the road marches. They didn't want to, you know, go out to the field and sleep on the ground and, and all that stuff. They didn't want to do all those things. And so when it was time to deploy, they was not trained because when you go to the field, you know, you practice for, for conditions on the war, you know. And so because they wasn't there, they didn't know what to do now. And, you know, it was amazing. You know, we tried to tell soldiers, you got nine seconds to get your protective mask on. And, you know, half of them didn't know how to get it on and all this stuff, you know. So the training, we, we have to train the challenge, you know, to prepare yourself. You don't want to get into a battle and realize, I don't know what in the world I'm doing. You don't want to walk up to somebody and somebody come up to you and start asking you about what you believe. And you don't have a clue, you know. You know, because the enemy will not let you down, you know, if he finds out you don't know what you believe. You know, this is, this is why training the challenge, you know, you, when you're studying the Word of God and you're coming to church and you're hearing the Bible lessons and you're preparing, you know, that's like the Sunday school teachers downstairs, you know, they're training the challenge. They're training to challenge the kids. They're trying to teach the kids about Jesus. They're trying to teach them, to show them, so that when they grow and, and they get up to this level, they know how to live for God. They know what to, how to deal with problems and face things in life. You know, that's what it's all about. That's like Sunday morning here. Man, I'm here to tell you, I, I can't stress enough, Brother Miller has been doing such a super, super job with getting us back into focus. My goodness. I, I mean, he, he's been hitting some home runs, taking the ball right off the cover, man. And he's doing such a great job in challenging us. That's what it's all about. If you, you listen to his teaching, all he's doing is challenging us. You know, and that's what God wants, is He wants us to go up to a higher level in Him, you see. And so we have to prepare. You know, as Paul told the church in Hebrews, at the time you ought to be teachers, you have need of others teach you will become the first principles of the orcas of God. In other words, you're going back to base one. No, you need to move on to perfection. We're moving to perfection. You know, people say, oh, nobody is perfect. We know ain't nobody perfect, but God... You know, but I guarantee you, if you can cross the finish line, <laughs> you're going to have to be perfect. So the more you do, the more perfection you will become in Christ. Okay, so we need to move on to that completed state in our lives. It's got to be God, God, God in my life. I want Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. I want it to be all about Him. So I want to prepare myself, the training, the challenge. When you leave church, every time you leave church, you should say, how can I apply my training? How can I apply this training to my life? You're training to challenge. Like I've been teaching my grandsons, you know, they, they didn't know how to play chess. But of course, Jordan had, had, uh, you know, he had been in a chess club, but I don't think he understood the principles. And a lot of times people, as I was explaining to them, the purpose even of chess, if it's a chess game, is to teach you patience, is to teach you how to uh, plan, how to strategize, how, you know, your moves in life. And so you have to look at all of that stuff and how does it apply to your life? Right. It's the same way in the church. 
When you come to church, I don't care if I'm preaching a message, Brother DeMuth is preaching a message, Brother Miller or Evangelist or whoever comes in. When you walk out that door, you need to have asked yourself before you left here, how does this will affect my life? What did God ask me to do? When I, from that message that I just heard, what was it all about? You know, it's what you should be asking yourself because this is training the challenge. If it's a teaching, when you walk out of here, you know, every time you should be asking yourself, what should I do, you know, with this? How does this apply to my life? You know, that's, that's what I always do. You hear me say it all the time. When I apply, preach the message for me first. I got to know how it applied to me before I can tell you how it applied to you. You know, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm a fellow struggler just like you are to get there. You know, I, I want to be like Moses at, at the end and God says, speak to the rock and I hit it. You know, I don't, I don't want that. You know, I want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. So I was training the challenges us, and that's what we try to do. That's why mostly time, you know, if I, I give you a title, because I want you to look at it and say, how does this apply to me? What does he talk about preparing for battle? You know, how does it, how does it apply? You know, what did I preach Sunday? Uh, the man in the band, right? Did you did you think I, I, what in the world? No, I did it apply to you. The man in the band, how did it apply to you? You're a Gentile, right? You know what was his character? Devoutness, right? What else? Fearing of God, giving, prayer, those quality traits. You know. He, it got God's attention. You know, think about that. See, that's, that's, that's training the challenge. Then you look at that and says, well, you know, when's the last time I've seen a vision? When's the last time God spoke to me? When is the last time God used me in tongues and interpretation? When is God's last time God gave me a word of prophecy, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge? Why am I not being used in the gifts of the Spirit? You know, all these things. You, you are part of the body. You know, we should have that relationship with God so that He, He can speak to us for the body to edify the body of Christ. Training the challenge. Amen. Get in there. Get in there. Say, you know, I gotta do more than just sit on the pew. You know, I, I want to be involved in the things of God. I want to live right. I want, there's so many things we can do from cleaning the church to greeting, you know, to, to all this stuff can make a difference. Amen. In all of our lives so that we're all growing together. Amen. Challenging training bodice excites and motivate the soldiers and leaders. It builds confidence and competence. Amen. It builds confidence because you take these papers, you go home, you know, you study it. You know, that's what I do. You know, just because I make the lesson, I still have to study. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I spend a lot of times, you know, my grandkids would say sometimes, somebody would say, what is your grandpa doing? He's in there in his chair studying. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> studying like he always do. That's what I do, you know. 
I have to, you know. I, I try to, I definitely find time to do other things, but I have to make sure that I keep priorities in line. Because I have to train to challenge. Amen. Praise God. So, now notice how it says, it builds your confidence. You know, that's what Jesus did. He put those disciples right in the middle of the ocean. You know, and says, okay, storm, do your work. <laughs> you know, do your thing, storm. And storm started filling up the boat and they're throwing out the water, throwing out the water. I'm like, Master, don't you care? We're going to perish. Jesus stood, rebuked the wind, and what he says? I said, you don't got any faith. You know, why are you so afraid? Why is you don't got any faith? Okay? You've got to learn how to walk by faith in this thing. And so, he was challenging them. Amen. And the, the training that they received, you know, look. Look at Peter. You know, we beat up Peter about his thinking, don't we? But at least he got out the boat. <laughs> you know, Jesus has come. He stepped out there. You know? That, that, that tells you something, you know? At least the man had some faith. <laughs> they don't see the rest of them getting out the boat. I'm sure they probably said, Peter, you lost your mind. But he stepped out there. You know? And so that's how you got to do sometimes. When you, you know, if you feel God is telling you to talk to somebody in the Walmart line, or you feel that God is telling you to, to turn and go into some place, you know, the training you're going through in here is to challenge you. You know, I think I told you when we did our first prayer walk in Mondovi, you know, Brother Miller and I that Saturday morning, we was walking, everybody had different places, we was going and around, and all of a sudden, Brother Miller and I was walking down the street, and we was praying, and God says, go back to that house. You know, because as I passed the house, you know, I felt the Spirit, you know, really strong that I had never felt before. And God says, go back to that house. We got to the end of the block, I said, Brother Miller, we need to go back. And we went back. You know, God says, go to that house. We worked up the house, knocked on the door. You know, porch screen door, in porch. You know, this lady was sitting on the front porch. She had a cigarette in her hand, you know, and stuff. And so she says, come on in. So we walked in, Brother Miller and I. And I told her, I said, I just feel God wanted me to come here. Man, the tears just started rolling down her face, you know, and stuff. And I says, is there anything we can pray about? And she didn't tell me, you know. I says, can I pray for you? And she says, Sure. And so we started praying for, you know, and stuff. And so, you know, after that, you know, I says, you know, if there's anything we can do, you know, please let us know. Gave her the address of the church to Brother Bennett's because she's closer there than she was anywhere else, you know. But, hey, training the challenge, you know. God is going to challenge you. He, he wants you to do things. He's giving you exceeding precious promise. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. So part of your faith building is to do those kind of things. Right. Yeah. Because if you do it once, teaching Bible studies, you know, you get into teaching Bible studies, I'm here to tell you, it's going to build your faith. It's going to give you a lot of confidence. Amen. That you probably never thought you had. Man, do one of those into his marvelous light. You know, you, you'll be surprised. You don't have to try to answer every question. You know, just tell the people as you start the lesson, let's read the Scriptures and let's see, you know, pray before you start, pray at the end after they finish, 
Then at the end, if they have questions, all you've got to do, if you don't know the answer, just don't be afraid to say, I'm sorry, I don't know, but I'll write that down and I'll get back to you with the answer. And you just call one of the brothers or sisters here, that, or me, or whatever, you know, and, and get your answer and take it back to them. You know, now what happened? You know the answer, and they know the answer. <laughs> so if you get asked the next time, you know it. You know, they were saying there's no dumb questions, right? <laughs> and so, that's right. So, challenging training inspires excellence by fostering initiative. See, taking initiative. Enthusiasm. It brings about enthusiasm, eagerness to learn. The more challenging the stuff is, the more you want to learn. See? And that's what we try to do and inspire. Amen. You to study and learn more. Amen. We can see these principles fulfilled in Second Samuel 23, verse 8 through 39. I don't have time to go through all these. But we, we, you look at what you see there. What do you see in Second Samuel 23? These are long as what? David's mighty men, right? How many on this list? Is, is that it? Second Samuel? Just one second. Let me get there. Start with uh, verse 14. No, 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 no. Eight. Eight. My mistake. Second Samuel 23. Right. All right, everybody there? Verse 8. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The technomite. He's a tech and a mite. He's a technomite. That sat in the seat, chief among the captains. The same was Adono. Adeno. Adino. The Elzite. He lifted up his spear against 800 whom he slew. At one time. Look at that. Look at that. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ohohite, one of the three mighty men with David. When they defiled the Philistines, they were there gathered together to battle. And the men of Israel was gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand cleaved unto the sword. And the Lord wrought the great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to spoil. And after him was Shimei, the son of Egi, the Hetrite. And the Philistines was gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistine. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord worked a great victory. Look at that. Protecting a pea field. <laughs> Think about that. How much of your peas work to you? Amen. Praise God. And three of the thirty chief went down. And came to David in the harvest time unto the cave of Adullam, 
and the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Riphram. And David was then in a hole, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men broke through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went into jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things did these three mighty men. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Uriah, was the chief among three. And he lifted up his spear against three hundred and slew them, and had the name among three. Was he not more honorable of three? Therefore he was their captain. Howbeit he attained not unto the first three. And Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of the valiant man of Cobzel, who had done many acts. He slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down into the, and slew a, a lion in the midst of a pit in the time of snow. In that lion, pit with a lion on a snowy day. My goodness. And he slew an Egyptian, a goodly man. And the Egyptian had a spear in his hand. But he went down to him with a staff and plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with the, his own spear. These things did Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, and had the name among three mighty men. He was more honorable than the thirty, but he attained not to the first three. All that great stuff he did, and he still was not one of the three mighty. And David set him over his guard. Ashiel, the brother of Joab, was one of the thirty. Eliam, the son of Dodo of Bethlehem, Shemia, the Hortite, Elikia, and the Hortrodite, Hezel, the Praetite, Ire, the son of Ikishikish, the Tekoite, Abiziar, and all those other names. Okay. Uriah, the Hittite, 37 and all. Amen. Now think of these guys. You know, train the challenge. You know, when you go back and look at scriptures, where did they come from? What were their problems? They was in debt, they was distressed, and they was discontent. They were all part of the 400 men that came to David when he was in the cave of Adullam. But he trained them. He challenged them. You know, maybe, maybe Benia, you know, had heard about David's story when David says, I slew the bear and the lion and, the, you know, with my bare hands and God, you know, was with me. And maybe he says, hey, my king, you know, my leader did it. What an opportunity, you know. So he gets in the pit with a lion on a snowy day. You know, think about that. You know, he slew a lion. Look at what they did, you know, protecting the bean field. All these things is showing you and I that if we train, if we prepare ourselves, 
You know, God will fight with us. We've got exceeding precious promises from God. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. He gives strength to me as I worship Him, as my heart is filled with praise. Jesus breaks the band when I lift my hands. He gives glorious victory. He wants us to be challenged. He wants us to go forth. Amen. I'm not going to leave you. I go before you to make the way straight. You've got all kinds of promises from God. Amen. But our training, we've got to sustain. Amen. We've got to get in there. We've got to put what we learn to use. What does it profit to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Come on. Let's get in there and do the work of the Lord. Amen. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. That's what God wants. He wants us to do more than just sit on a pew. He didn't save you to do that. He brought you into the battle. And so now you have to learn how to use the sword of the Spirit. Amen. You've got to put on the whole armor of God. Learn how to prove your armor. Amen. And to believe in God with all your heart and might. Amen. And you will see that you will be successful. And you will be encouraged. You will take the initiative. You will do a whole lot more. Amen. And you'll be just like Caleb when you get 85. You just walk right up and says, give me my mountain. I'm just as young. I feel just as spry now as I was when I was 40 years old. Amen. And David says, I can run through a troop and I can leap over a wall. Amen. And that's what God wants. Amen. Is to be able to just go strong in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Stay in shape. <laughs> no jumping to conclusions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but all these things. This is what God wants. We want to prepare ourselves for the battles that are ahead. Amen. So. If you, if, amen. If you, in the children's crusade and, uh, training, if you, uh, know any children that needs the Holy Ghost, amen, it'd be a good time to come and do that as well. Amen. Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Amen. It's here already. So become ready to worship God and invite people to church. Also, the end of the month, we will be having a potluck again. And uh sign-up sheet is back there of stuff what you, uh they're asking you to sign up to bring, let everybody know. You know, you sometimes you get people to church, you just tell them, hey, man, we're having some food at the end of the month. They'll show up. So, church on the grounds will be coming up in July again. You know, we need many helping hands in that. Amen. So let's uh, prepare your hearts for that as well. Family camp. Amen. If you can come to family camp, it would be a great time this year. Brother Bill Davis will be our evangelist in the evening. Brother Raymond Woodward will be our morning teacher. Amen. He has a lot of great insight and stuff. So it would be some good good teaching there as well. Amen. Now, in August, we've got our revival here. 
And so we hear more about that as well as time progresses and come forth. So let's go forth and accomplish great things for the Lord. Amen.